Hi, this is Brian. And Brittany. And welcome back to another episode of Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Beyond. So it's really been a couple weeks since we've had time to sit down and record an episode, huh, Britt? I know. Like you said, it's only been a couple weeks since the cruise, but it kind of feels like forever ago. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, as usually happens, we got back from vacation and life took over. Yeah, you've been busy doing some traveling for work, and we've just been catching up with... You know, hanging out with the family and doing uh, school stuff for me. Again, more papers. Gotta love it. And uh, yeah, just kind of getting back to reality. Yeah, definitely getting back to reality. I think the biggest shock for me was after getting back from the balmy mid-80s down in the Caribbean, I had to take a work trip up to uh, Chicago right around the time of the polar vortex was lingering around up there. Again, Polar vortex just sounds terrible. <laughs> Pol- polar vortex sounds terrible, but yeah, I had to head up to Chicago right after that happened. So uh, definitely no fun, or at least not as fun as being down in the Caribbean. But, uh, you know, we're, we're back in the swing of things now. And that being said, what did you do last weekend, Britt? Well, we got to go to the beautiful, sunny uh, Florida. It was gorgeous. We had a great, it was a quick trip, a quick weekend trip, but, um, you gotta love Florida. It's been basically raining nonstop where I think that we're going to have to bring our boat to our house to get around. (laughs) I think I saw Noah going by with a giraffe earlier. Yeah, guys, it's been so bad here that our local university here at MTSU, it's Middle Tennessee State University, posted a video of some students kayaking on campus. There's not a river on campus. There's not a river. Well, there is is this week. (laughs) I think they were like basically going down a sidewalk. It's been so bad, y'all. Of course, in the south, we don't get a lot of snow days. We are getting rain days. Schools are closed because of rain. All the schools are closed this week. So that's pretty bad. So I'm ready to go back to the Caribbean. (laughs) Yeah. So we were able to get away for a short little weekend trip last weekend down in the Panhandle area of Florida, the the Destin 30A uh, Seaside Seagrove area with, uh, with the family. And as luck had it, uh, we actually had some friends down there at the same time as well. So it, it was a fun trip down there. Yeah, it's great. I have my 38 glass here. So our whole podcast tonight is going to be talking about, like Brian said, that panhandle of Florida that is uh, very well known as 30A. And we'll talk about some of the uh, local areas. But um, we love it down there. We vacation actually with both sides of our family. And even growing up, we did a lot of trips down there just because it is so close to Tennessee. Yeah, definitely a a trip that I made. I know, I think the, again, gosh, showing my age here, uh, I first started going down to the Panhandle uh, of Florida, really the Destin area is where we went uh, for the family trips. But I think my first trip down there was in 1989 uh, to Destin. And if you're not familiar with that area, 30A, as it's called today, that that area between Destin and Panama City, really. Uh, 30A is is really just the area that County Road 30A runs through right along the beach um, there on the Panhandle. It starts right around Miramar, Florida, I believe, uh, right off of 98 and runs all the way through uh, those areas, Grayton Beach, Seaside, Seagrove, uh, help me out here. Rosemary. Rosemary, Inlet. Santa Rosa, mm-hmm. um, Alice Beach, and then uh, 38 ends right around Inlet Beach at Panama City. So it's really the area between Destin and Panama City. And again, like I said, I started going down there with the family for summer trips um, 
in, in the late 80s, early 90s. There really wasn't anything in that area. You, you got a little east of Destin uh, in the San Destin area, and then it was no man's land, really, until you got to Panama City. Well, speaking of San Destin, that is basically where my family would vacation a lot during the summers. Um, I think I may have mentioned before on one of the podcasts that my family grew up camping. So we had RVs, and it was, you know, my grandparents and all of our family friends, sometimes there would be five, six, seven, eight different campers with families and stuff. And we would alternate between going down to Myrtle Beach and going to Destin. They were basically kind of, you know, the same location with Middle Tennessee, especially with an RV, you know, to travel. You're looking at seven, eight hours, you know, tops to get down there. So definitely an easy trip to do. So we always stayed more in the San Destin area and it was called Camping on the Gulf. I think now it's just called Camp Gulf. Um, but it was one of those uh, rare campgrounds that you actually got to have beach access. And actually, my grandparents, um, they were snowbirds uh, for the last, gosh, I don't know how many years now. But yeah, they've been snowbirds. And they always uh, ended up there because they loved being able to have that beach access with their RV and stuff. So the whole 30A Destin area is something that, you know, we're definitely familiar with. And we've just had some great memories with both family and friends. Yeah. And, and 30A, I think, really got its notoriety starting in the late 90s. Uh, 1998, a uh, little movie by uh, an actor most people probably know, Jim Carrey. Oh, uh, the- I love you. The Truman Show came out in 98, and they had scoped out an area on the Panhandle of Florida to uh, find a location to film the movie, the idyllic town location, and they chose the area of Seaside, Florida, uh, right there off of 30A, and ever since that movie, I mean, it's just really blown up in, in that area down there, but the nice thing about it. You know, like I said before, you know, when I, when I would go down there in, in high school and a little later with the family and you had that no man's land, uh, what I mean by that, you don't have the commercialized areas like you do in Panama City with the high-rise hotels. You don't have the commercialized areas like you do in Destin with the high-rise hotels. Even to this day, it still has that small-town charm. I mean, you really, if you want to go there and stay, you're getting a, a, a bed and breakfast or a VRBO or something like that. I and mean, there's some smaller boutique type hotels, but you definitely don't have the high rise hotels in that area. No, not at all. And I think, um, as Brian said, there may be one or two hotels in that whole area. I think there's one more in the Seagrove location, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, you're looking at more of your um, uh, your rentals and stuff. And the thing is, is I don't think that you can pick a bad location. I know it's like, oh, I stay at this beach or this beach or that beach. Um, you can't go wrong down there. Like we said, any area in that panhandle is going to be wonderful. It's going to be beautiful. You're going to have those absolute pristine beaches of Florida. So um, again, I think the unique thing that I love, and of course, I like being active and doing things is that you can actually walk, bike, run in between all of those beaches. It's a long area. I mean, you're thinking between Destin and Panama City, if you look it up on the map, <laughs> that looks like a long area. But no, there are actually paths that um, they have for you that it's family friendly and you can walk and bike. And I mean, we walk to the beach. I know that um, when we go down there with our family in April, we uh, bike to go to dinner and stuff. It's very, very fun. Very cool area. Well, and not just biking. One of the other big things down there is golf carts. I, th- I think ha- <laughs> That's right. ha- half the rental properties down there have golf carts. And, the- and these things are 
uh, road worthy. I mean, you can get right out on the on the main road there on 30A and and head to Publix and pick up your groceries. Right. So yeah, don't worry about parking your big SUV. You could just park your golf cart. <laughs> So as we said before, both Brittany and I had experiences vacationing with our families when we were younger in the Panhandle 30A area of Florida. Uh, but really, I think the first time we went on vacation together down there was in what, 2013? Yeah, and I think that's a great example of what I was saying earlier in the fact that you cannot pick a bad location there. And this is a prime example. When we were down there in 2013, my parents were um, and still... RVing at the time, so they had a campground uh, that they liked over in Fort Walton, and my sister, brother-in-law, and the kids were down in Panama City, and we were actually in Navarre, which we love Navarre. Uh, we <laughs> love Navarre. I had, Tell the people where Navarre is. Uh, Navarre Beach is between Fort Walton and Pensacola. Um, I had actually been down to Navarre for the first time the year before, I believe it was, for a good friend's, a good friend of mine's wedding, and uh, she is a huge uh, national park buff. Uh, yeah, believe it or not, you can actually get what is it like a, a passport book? It's for a passport for the national, national parks, parks, and yeah. she tries to get a stamp at every. She, her goal is to get a, a stamp at every national park in the United States. Uh, we've tried to help her out on that venture along the way. And we would hope to have her on the podcast soon, too, because she is a traveler and, and loves all that stuff, too. So we would love to have her on. Sometime. Definitely fun. And we're going to have her on later uh, this year, hopefully. But yeah, I, I was down there for her wedding. It was the summer before Brittany and I had met. And uh, like I said, there's a national park there in Navarre. And our friend actually got married right there on the beach. Uh, in the National Park on Navarre. Great wedding, but it, just a beautiful location. And again, kind of like the 30A thing. Not commercialized. It's not commercialized, right. which I love that. I think that's one of the great things, you know, when we travel down to the Caribbean and some of those islands, you know, we love so much because you don't have all that. Not that there's anything against commercialism. I mean, I mean obviously, uh, that's what makes the world go around, but um, it's just nice to get away and get off the grid sometimes uh, in areas like that. So when we went for the family trip down there and everyone was scattered out, uh, Britt's sister was staying over in Panama City. Uh, her parents were at a campground uh, over in Fort Walton. So I told Britt, hey, let's check out this great beach that I stayed at last year. And uh, yeah, we, we stayed there in Navarre. Navarre's gorgeous. And as Brian was saying, the not commercialized thing actually um, had us looking at different restaurants and places to go to that um, are more local. And I, and I love that. We su try to support local, you know, while we're here at home and stuff too. So we ended up at this great uh, beach bar restaurant place, and uh, we still follow them on Facebook to this day because they have some gorgeous sunset photos. But uh, maybe you should pronounce this because I'll probably mess it up. Juana's uh, Pagodas and Sailor's Grill. Yeah, as right, he said. <laughs> right, right there on Navarre Beach. And, uh, you know, I, I think every time that we've ordered a pizza or tried to make a okay, pizza right. of our own since 
Navarre Beach in 2013, we've taken a little bit of Juana's Pagodas okay, and y'all. Sailor's Grill home yes, with us. Yes, it is like a problem. It is seriously a problem. So we were going to order a pizza that night, and we asked our server, what's one of your most popular pizzas? And she said, oh, the first mate, of course. The first mate uh, is the best. <laughs> hey, it's very fitting. Just that saying. It's very fitting that uh, how many, what, six years ago at, at a bar in Navarre, Florida, we fell in love with a pizza called The First Mate. Absolutely. And now we're recording a podcast, Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Beyond. Right, because we all know that the first mates run the show. <laughs> hey, I, I, I couldn't make it out there on the water without my first mate, so I will agree with that. Hey, okay. all kidding aside, it is a very, very cool location. Again, it's right on the beach. People can uh, bring their boats up and stuff. They have a ton of sand volleyball courts. They have a lot of tournaments and stuff with volleyball. But no, this pizza, y'all has been our favorite pizza and ever since we got back from there we have continuously tried to remake it and we used to be the typical get some pepperoni maybe some peppers things like that but no this uh this pizza has some chicken and some artichokes and some sun-dried tomatoes and i don't think that we've ever tried to order anything else since then so thank you to navarre for changing my Pizza tastes forever. Uh, yeah. If you ever get the chance, uh, definitely go to Juana's Pagodas and, and Sailor's Grill and order the first mate. Uh, if not, look them up online and try to recreate that thing yourself. It has the ingredients right there uh, on the menu on their website, and it is amazing. So before we move on, I guess we should really talk about how do you get there? Uh, If you live in the southeast like we do in the Nashville, Tennessee area, it's really an easy road trip, about seven, seven and a half hours if traffic cooperates with you, which I understand uh, some of the peak times in the summer, it is actually uh, not that easy of a road trip. Traffic can back up quite a bit down there in that, that area. But the good thing for those peak times, there are two airports that are easily accessible to the 30A Panhandle, uh, Destin, Panama City area. Uh, You have Pensacola International Airport on the west side of those beaches, and then you have the uh, Northwest Florida Beaches uh, Airport in Panama City. Uh, So either of those, again, if you're coming from uh, the southeast, Nashville area, just a little over an hour flight, you can usually get a direct flight down there. Uh, But anywhere in the country, you can get into one of those two airports. And uh, really, I mean, what, it's about the same distance from either of those two airports to the 30A area. I mean, what is about half an hour, 45 minutes from Panama City? into the seaside area and i would say the same thing coming over from pensacola yeah i think so as i mentioned earlier there are a ton of different communities all in the 30a area um pretty much every beach runs on to the other so again there's not a bad location down there if you're are looking to rent a place or vacation down there and one of the areas that we enjoy is called watercolor and a activity that we ended up loving down there was paddle boarding. Uh, there's a place, it's called Run Sup. So I'm going to give a shout out to Run Sup. But basically it was this company and community and, and, and friends that they loved running and they loved 
paddle boarding. So run obviously is for running and then sup is for stand up paddle boarding. So they just basically join those two activities together and it's really, really cool. They have a lot of um, free classes and they um, encourage people to come and join them on their runs and stuff. Uh, look them up on Facebook. They will post their activities and stuff that they're doing there. Um, again, some of the greatest t-shirts I've ever got from there. They're so soft. They're so cool. My uh, sister usually, uh, hooks me up with a Christmas present down there, but, uh, no, we actually ended up paddle boarding with the family down there last summer and it was great. So this is a very family friendly event that you can do. So down in watercolor over at the boathouse, you can rent their equipment. You can rent the paddle board and the paddles. And, uh, if you want to as well, you can have an instructor and this is something that we did and it was great. So I do recommend if you're not familiar with paddle boarding or if this is your first time, go ahead and pay the money for the instructor. It's great. She um, will give you the basics and, uh, you know, hang out with you the whole time. Very, very cool. It's on a little lake over there in watercolor that connects to the beach. But after that, we fell in love with paddle boarding. <laughs> so um, this is something we ended up doing our, on our own. Yeah, Britt uh, was actually down there on that trip with her family. I was stuck uh, at work that week, but that's all I heard about the entire time she was at the beach, all paddle boarding, paddle boarding, paddle boarding. And, uh, you know, I could tell it was something that she w had become really passionate about. So, you know, as, a, as such a good husband as I am, I immediately got online and started researching paddle boards. I had never done it before in my life. Uh, and definitely didn't get to participate in the instruction that she had while she was down there. But I said, you know, let's go for it. And uh, I bought one of the inflatable uh, stand-up paddle boards. As a surprise, so it was like Christmas in July. At Christmas in <laughs> July. So when she got back from uh, the beach with her family, uh, she came home to her very own paddle board. And, uh, you know, I was a little... Uh, apprehensive the first time I got out there on it. But well, I think let's talk about that. We didn't get the um, like hard paddle board. We got the inflatable kind. Uh, of. I, yeah, I, like I said, yeah. I, I got the inflatable uh, paddle board. But they but they are hard. I mean, when when yes. you when you first hear inflatable paddle board, you think oh, it's like a float. But no, this thing once you. Uh, inflate it to full capacity. It is hard as a board. Well, speaking of inflation, a board. it comes with a hand pump, but you really need a different type I, of pump. I would definitely recommend getting an electric pump. You know, obviously we're out on the boat. So for us, it's not like taking the thing down to the beach and having no access to electricity. Uh, we just throw it on um, the electric pump and the pump that I got off of Amazon is made for paddle boards. Uh, so it's automatic. You, you set it to what PSI you want to inflate it to, and then it shuts off when it gets to that PSI. But, um, you know, it, it's by, by the end of the summer, cause I think we used it pretty much every single time that we were out on the boat. Uh, I, I, you know, I would like to think of myself at this point with zero, uh, professional instruction as somewhat of a paddleboard expert. Yes, definitely don't be intimidated by it. It's it's very, very fun. When I did it down in Florida with the family for the first time, um, I had my niece and my nephew and my sister uh, and uh, brother-in-law and myself, and we all 
did great with it. And then Brian, as he said, he took it um, like a pig in mud. Again, I'm going to use another Southern expression. He took it, uh, he took to it like a pig in mud. It's fun. It's a great activity to do on the water. As he said, it's a very easy um, thing that you can pack. So I guess, you know, that's another cool thing about the inflatable is its uh, versatility it has. Uh, definitely versatility. It comes, the one that we got, and most of them that I've seen, they, they roll up. Um, and go into the backpack that they that it comes with, and then the paddle uh, separates, and you can put that thing down in the backpack, and it's really just like another piece of carry-on luggage if you're going to take it somewhere. Uh, but, you know, I jokingly say that by the end of the summer, I have become an expert paddle boarder, but, you know, honestly, we were out there, we took both of our dogs out on the paddle board, and, you know, we've talked about the the dogs before, poor little Ace, uh, you know, he really doesn't take up much room on the paddleboard, but we had the Dalmatian. I, I, I got out on the paddleboard with the 75-pound Dalmatian uh, going around in a cove uh, with Jack on the board with me, and then uh, Brittany and I would get out there together on the board at the same time. Either one of us sitting while the other paddled, or at times, I think we both were standing uh, while one of us paddled, and then you were doing yoga. A little bit of yoga. A little bit of yoga while I was paddling, and we even bought a seat. I was about to say, let's talk about the lazy side of paddleboarding. Uh, there, there, there is a lazy side of paddleboarding. We, we actually bought a kayak conversion kit for the paddleboard. Uh, straps on uh, to the to the eye loops there on the paddleboard and, and makes a nice little seat. And uh, as we got closer into the autumn fall months and it got a little windier out on the lake, uh, I happened to stumble across a um, paddleboard sail. Oh my God, y'all, let's talk about this. Okay, hang on, time out. <laughs> and when so, I say no, no, paddleboard no, no, sail, no, I'm on. not talking about a <laughs> sail on paddleboards. They were cheap. No, like a sailboat. Like a wind sail. Like a wind sail. So it was one of those weekends, as I said, on the cruise where I had a paper due. So I had been downstairs in the cabin working on a paper and I decided to come up and take a break and get some fresh air and stuff. Out on the lake. Out on the the lake. Yes, out on the lake. And, you know, we're out in a cove and stuff with our friends all tied up. And anyways, I hear a bunch of laughing and all that kind of stuff. So I, I go up stairs to see what's going on and here comes my husband flying across the lake on his paddleboard and his sail <laughs> so it works we've seen it it's hilarious definitely works and it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> but um the other thing too that we have invested in is your waterproof speaker bluetooth speaker, a waterproof right? waterproof uh bluetooth speaker i mean uh, as we've talked about before we love music and anything that has to do with music. And one of the great things, let's back up before before we get to the Bluetooth speaker. One of the great things about the paddleboard, all kidding aside, I mean, yeah, it's funny getting out there with the sail and, you know, being out there with the dogs and stuff. But, you know, when we do go out on 
the boat with our friends. We usually raft up with everyone, and and at any given time, there you know there may be a couple of boats, or there may be as many as thirty boats rafted I up say, together. I think the largest we've had is about thirty six or thirty. Uh, yeah, together. so I mean, you know, and as you would imagine, I Lots mean, of folks. a lot of people and a lot going on. Like everybody's playing their music, everybody's having a good time. So the great thing about that paddle board is you can take part in that, but then you can get on that board and just, again, get away from it all. Get you, you Be right there in the middle of the lake with everybody else, but you get on that board and you just get out in the perimeter of the cove, areas where you really can't get to with your boat, and, and it's so quiet and it's so peaceful. And we spent, I think, so much time just roaming around and checking out areas um where our boat couldn't fit where, where the boat doesn't fit you know and it was so nice but then the other thing like Britt said um i did end up finding a waterproof um bluetooth speaker that we could attach to the paddleboard and you know it didn't matter if it got wet or if the paddleboard flipped over which you know hey high five we've yet to flip over the paddleboard um but you know something that i could control the music right from my apple watch and and you know get out there and listen to some jimmy buffett or some island music and have our own little party away from the party that's going on out there in the cove so definitely a very fun uh a very relaxing um experience that you can have on the paddle board and great exercise right so if you are in that 38 area definitely go uh, check out run sup i know that they have the paddle board rentals and stuff in watercolor they also have another store over in seagrove again this is a community that um, merged both their loves of running and stand-up paddle boarding so go check them out and then also check out any local activities that have have in uh, your area i know here in Asheville. There is the uh, Nashville Paddleboard Club, I believe, that's uh, right down the road. They do um, uh, paddleboard yoga. They do some paddleboard brunches, things like that. So um, I know it's a very popular activity. Don't be intimidated by it. I think, I, as we were saying, you can do anything from the chair to the sail to yoga. <laughs> so it's very fun. If you love the water such as we do, um, check it out. It's a very uh, great activity. Another activity that we always love doing when we come down to Florida is renting a pontoon boat. This is something that I grew up on. Whenever we came down here to camp with my family and friends, we always rented a pontoon boat over in Destin. And we, um, you know, just enjoy the day. We even took our dogs. <laughs> Nothing wrong with dogs on a boat. Dogs on boat. So, uh, yeah, this is a great activity to do and something that is a very family friendly. Well, definitely. And I think, you know, that first year that I came to Florida with your family in 2013, I mean, we rented a pontoon boat that uh, that trip. Um, we got one and went on the intercoastal waterway over to Crab Island. And if you get the opportunity, again, this is boats, beaches, bars, and beyond. So I know there's a lot of boaters listening. If you get the opportunity and you're vacationing in that Panhandle, Destin, Panama City, 30A area of Florida, uh, definitely take the opportunity to rent a boat. And, you know, it's typically a pontoon boat, it's what you get over there. But definitely take the opportunity to rent a boat and go over to Crab Island for the day. 
If you're a boater, it's Boater's Paradise. Look it up online, Google Crab Island, Destin, Florida. Uh, you'll see the, the aerial pictures of, you know, anywhere from a few hundred boats to, you know, thousands of boats down there, you know, 4th of July and things like that. And it, as you would imagine, you get that many boaters together and it's, it's so much fun, such a great experience. And like Britt said, you know, uh, it, it's another great water activity. You're there, you're enjoying the beach, and you, you know, do things like the, the stand-up paddle boarding and things like that. But it's another way to experience uh, the Florida waters that uh, you really can't get anywhere else. And, and it's a tradition that we've continued, you know. Like Britt said, we go down uh, with both sides of the family each year, and it's something that, you know, we've also shared with my side of the family when, when we go, because, you know, fortunately, both sides of the family now have a captain, uh, you know, that can take them out on the boat for the day. So it, it's a great experience for everyone. Well, speaking of family, it's a very family-friendly area. Uh, the water that you're going to go into whenever you get to Crab Island is, like, waist deep. So, again, when we had our niece and nephew, they were they were great. You know, they could stand up. Um, it's very, very clear water. But also to mention, I think was really, really cool is that there's like restaurants and stuff out there. There's um, different boats that come around with like snow cones and ice cream, but there's different areas that have like uh, restaurants and stuff too that you can swim up to. Um, very, very cool uh, areas. So we definitely recommend doing that if you're looking uh, something different, something other than the beach and the pool, as Brian said. Something different, and it's really not that expensive. I mean, you get a half-day pontoon boat run. Right. Well, you can do half and whole day. You can do you can do yeah. half or a whole day, but I mean, you do a half-day pontoon boat run. I think it's like two hundred and twenty bucks, and you know, you get a group of you know, six to 10 people and split that among everybody. It, it, it's, it's good, cheap fun. Yeah. I think obviously for boaters like us, um, if you have a opportunity to be on a boat, get on a boat. I take that opportunity every time. All right. So next let's talk about food. And it's kind of funny because anytime that we've gone back and listened to these podcasts, I get very excited about food. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, not, not good. Well, I think we both get excited about food. When you're on vacation, there's something about taking in that local cuisine, whether it's in another country or on an island or even just, you know, somewhere local down there in Florida. It's just great to take in the local cuisine. Well, speaking of local, um, unfortunately, one of our favorite places had a uh, mishap last week. We actually were talking about doing this podcast and we were doing some planning and stuff for it. And one of the places that we love, it's, it's called Red Bar. It's over in Grayton Beach, and we had literally just talked about it last week, and then the very next day, we unfortunately got news that it had burned down. Yeah, I mean, literally burned to the ground uh, over the weekend, and uh, we had talked about stopping by Red Bar, as we always do when we're down there Right, on we always go to Red Bar we, on vacation. We always go to Red Bar on vacation. You even took your mom there uh, when you were down there with the family last summer. And uh, it, it's a great local place. You know, I think Red Bar, uh, I, I was reading a little bit about the history, you know, a little cursory research before we um, uh, started the podcast tonight. But they actually opened 
on Super Bowl Sunday, 1995. So, you know, like I said, it was mid to late 90s when that area started blowing up down there. And Red Bar was there from the very beginning. And, um, you know, that was one of their big deals every year. They had this great Super Bowl anniversary party. And, of course, they they made it through that uh, this year. And then, you know, right after their uh, anniversary this year, uh, very unfortunate. Uh, you know, we hate it for all the employees and, and that community down there. Uh, it, it was really nice to see that, you know, it, it's there in Grayton Beach and there's the uh, Grayton Brewery and Tap Room uh, down there in 30A that actually put on a fundraiser. Because when, when we were there, Last weekend. Last weekend, this was very fresh for that community. I mean, the fire took place, you know, that week. Well, we drove by. Well, the fire took place that week before we got there. And as Britt said, we did drive through. Uh, There there were signs that said local traffic only, but we've been there so many times. Um, We're locals. Yeah, we're (laughs) technically, we're locals. Um, Yes. Uh, if anyone wants to see what it looks like, if you've been to Red Bar and you're familiar with it, if you want to see what it looks like now, um, I, I have a 360 camera that, you know, we, we held it out the window as we drove by and I, I put just a, a short clip up on YouTube. Uh, at my YouTube channel is the same as uh, Instagram at Smoke in Your Eyes, which is S-M-O-K-N-Y-R-E-Y-Z. Again, that's S-M-O-K-N-Y-R-E-Y-Z. And I put a short 360 clips. You can pan your phone around or just pan the video around uh, as we drove by that location there. And you, you can see, I mean, they, they've pretty much leveled it at this point. Uh, you know, I, I would like to think that they will rebuild uh, what I was saying before, though, Great and Brewery and Tap Room um, held a fundraiser for all the employees, and you read they it, on Sunday they raised um, twenty five, twenty six thousand dollars for the employees of Red Bar. Yeah, um, they had a lot of live music, and I think I saw on the thirty eight Facebook that they had um, twenty seven thousand plus dollars raised as of uh, last Sunday. So last Sunday, I, I'm sure that's obviously going to expand and stuff but no we we love red bar it's something that we always um you know did with our family i took uh my mother down there this last summer it's right on the beach it's right you know beside the grayton i think there's like a a state park or something right there so it's it's very cool what we loved about it is that like their mini was on a chalkboard y'all like there was like five or six items and that's it. Well, it's great. I mean, it, you know, it's not like Cheesecake Factory. No, no offense to Cheesecake Factory, but you go in and too. it's it's like opening up, uh, you know, a, a copy of War and Peace as you're going through that big novel of a menu <laughs> and trying to decide what you're going to eat. No, I mean, they they specialized in a very small, eclectic menu, and because of that, they were very good at what they did. They did like five or six things well, and they did them they very well. They did them well. very well, <laughs> and just the, the place was very down-to-earth and had eclectic. that... Very yeah. eclectic. Music venue. And, and mm-hmm. had that local feel, and like Brett said, it is a, mo- uh, a music venue, and they supported the, the local music scene there in the 30A area. 
So, you know, hopefully they will rebuild and, um, you know, it's something that we can continue to share as we vacation down there. So another place that we got to check out while we were down there last weekend was the Hub at 30A. And neither of us had been to the Hub before. Right, but it is certainly on our favorites list from now on, I'd say. Definitely on our favorites list, and we will definitely be going back to the Hub when we're down there with the family in April. And the Hub is exactly what it sounds like. You've got a large central community area surrounded by tons of shops and restaurants. Right, the community area that he's talking about, it's a large lawn, and it's covered in Adirondack chairs and picnic tables. There were fire pits out there. They had heat lamps going, and they... uh, Again, we were in, there in February. It was still comfortable, but even in the summer months, it looked like they had some large fans and stuff attached out there uh, to cool you off. So very neat little space there. A very neat space. And, you know, we were there on a Saturday night. We got there around 6, o- six o'clock or so. And in that community area, all the chairs and everything were facing a large stage. And as luck would have it, you know, we're from Nashville, Music City. We love music. There was a live band doing sound check that was uh, getting ready to perform for everybody there that night, and it uh, was a country southern rock band, so we felt like we were back home in Nashville. I know. We felt right at home. but uh, So they do have a lot of live uh, music options, but then they also uh, show movies as well. They have a big screen up there. Big for- screen, yeah. yeah. It was a 30-foot jumbotron. That'll work. Said. Yeah, that'll work, <laughs> and apparently they uh, do movie nights there at the Hub for the families and stuff as well, but... Uh, A lot of great places to eat there. Right. There's a lot of options. That's why we were saying it would be great to take a group. We'll probably uh, try to take the family whenever we go down in April because you're not limited to one type of food. I know that's always a big discussion. Where do you want to eat? Well, where do you want to eat? This kind of solves that for you because there were different little areas that you can order food and there was pizza, barbecue, burgers, seafood. Uh, Brian and I visited the taco shop and that was delicious. And I even took my nephew for ice cream afterwards. So uh, if you do have a large group and you can't really decide uh, where you want to eat, well, you can eat and get some free entertainment at the same time. Absolutely. And the other cool thing about it is that when you do order food, the places will give you buzzards. So on one side of the hub, you'll have all your restaurants. And on the other side, you'll have your shopping area. So there's a lot of cute little boutique shops over there and you can just take your buzzer after you order food walk around a bit and then uh, go get um sit down with the family uh it's also dog friendly how many dogs did we see let's talk about the puppies oh i love it made me miss my boys but uh very dog friendly very dog friendly there at the hub and honestly everywhere we went on 30a was very dog friendly right my sister she always uh talks about how when they started going down there a lot how Pretty much every store or any like place that you go to, restaurants, things like that, there's dog bowls and stuff um, out there with water. So they're very environmentally conscious down there. They're very pet friendly. And uh, speaking of, one of the stores, my nephew ended up surprising me with this turtle from uh, the Mermaids of 30A. And that's over at the Hub. Um, Not a live turtle. No, which that would be awesome. <laughs> but no, so yeah, check out the shops there at, at the Hub. Um, the Hub's located over in Water Sound. You can actually visit their website at hub38.com to look at their uh, schedule of events. And to mention as well, um, they're going to start breakfast in March. So if you are looking for some breakfast places. Yes, unfortunately, breakfast starts in March. We, uh, we were there Saturday night. We had a great dinner. We listened to the band and we got up Sunday morning and we had seen on the website that they had have breakfast at the hub so we hopped in 
the car, uh, Brittany and I, and we drove down to the hub for breakfast and the parking lot was empty. Yeah, not a good sign. Uh, not day. a good sign. <laughs> so we pulled up the website and we missed the fine print that breakfast starts in March. Right. Well, we'll be there in April. So hopefully we can go back and we'll tell you how good their breakfast yeah, is. Yeah, we'll check it out in April and report back. Um, but going back to my turtle, I got distracted by food again. Go figure. Uh, no, cutest little turtle. Got um, My nephew got it from the Mermaids 30A store uh, down there. But turtles are a big deal in 30A. Um, that's where a lot of the sea turtles, I think I read there's, um, a couple different variety of sea turtles down there and they, you know, always return back to the beaches to nest. And we actually got to see some of that, uh, this past summer when we were there, they, there's a, a organization of volunteers that go out and comb the beaches and stuff and they'll rope off where a turtle's nest is. So just be aware if you do see those, um, markings on the beach, just don't mess with it. <laughs> don't it's, don't don't play soccer in the in the turtle nest. Pretty much, uh, we did see some people, try, you know, like get close to to them, and it, it made us very nervous. So, um, you know, it's a big deal down there. You know, they're I, I believe it might be an endangered species, or you know, some of the um, uh, kinds of turtles that are down there. So. Again, if you see the nest, just leave them alone. Uh, they also recommended on uh, the 30A website. Um, I, I know I keep on saying I read articles and stuff, but the 30A website, that's all it is, 30A, or they have a Facebook page. Um, check them out. They have a lot of good information about 30A, and one of the things I read about was turtles, and they said, you know, obviously avoid the roped-off areas. If you do dig holes while you're having fun out there with the family on the beach, just make sure you fill those in. Um, you don't want a sweet little turtle falling down a hole and can't get out. And then uh, lights are also limited on the beach. So if you do go walk in the beach at night, you'll see that the houses on that front row, um, they're not allowed to actually have um, any kind of outdoor lighting. Uh, so, Didn't know that. I uh, know, I know. So if you go down there and you're like, okay, why is it dark? Well, that's the reason. They're not allowed to have any uh, lights pointing down there to the beach because apparently it confuses the turtles how to get back to the water. One of the things that Brian and I like to do when we're on vacation are to go eat at places that we don't have back home. I'd rather go, you know, somewhere new or try one of our favorites instead of doing a typical chain restaurant, you know, that we can get back here in Tennessee. So um, there are a ton of different food options down there. So let's just talk about some of the places that we've been or recommend or, you know, some of the uh, places that people should check out. Well, yeah, like we said before, I mean, that area is not as commercialized as some of the other places that you find, you know, along the Florida beaches. So there's a lot of locally owned restaurants and shops and a lot of great places to try out that you can't really get back home. Right. Um, so some of our favorites, I know there is um, down in the downtown Seaside area, there's a cool little place down there. Uh, it's called Budden Alleys and it's right on the beach. Right on the beach, a great place to catch the sunset out there on their uh, patio, you know, with a cocktail or, or have your dinner out there. Yeah, and we've actually done breakfast there with the family. It's just awesome. You know, you get to see the water and, and hang out up there on the uh, second level. They have second story. And then the people who own Budden Alleys also uh, have some other places um, close by. There's a uh, taco bar. We actually ate there this past summer. They have some fantastic street corn, which I love street corn. I love Mexican food. And then uh, there's a pizza place down there. But um, also in that seaside downtown area, there's another restaurant we like to go to called the Great Southern Cafe. 
Um, it's very busy, so if you are going to go, do not be surprised on a summer night that you might wait like two hours during supper time. But uh, they have both indoor and outdoor seating options. Yeah, and an interesting fact about the Great Southern Cafe that I was uh, reading about when I did my cursory research for the show. <laughs> nice. Uh, when they were filming the Truman Show down there in the seaside area, there was a bar, uh, Shades. Shades, yeah. Shades Bar. Which is now in Inlet Beach. It's now in Inlet yeah. Beach, but it was in the location of Great Southern Cafe when oh. they were filming uh, the Truman Show with that. Jim Carrey, and all of the crew would go and hang out there uh, when they would rap for the day. That is very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. But um, cool area. Check it out. You know, even if you are going to have to wait a long time over at the Great Southern, there's just a ton of shops and everything in that area also that you can check out. And um, if you've never been down there before, there there's shops and restaurants on both sides of the road. And, you know, so for the kids, there's a couple, you know, cool little kid stores and stuff in there. And then, uh, like I said, they're shopping on the other side of the street closest to the beach. And there's also another like community area where uh, we saw a play there last year when we were waiting for food. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. So the area where they do the plays, it's really set up like a Greek amphitheater. Yeah, on the beach. I uh, love it. On, on the beach or across the <laughs> street, the across street, the street right. from the beach. But, you know, a, a great community area where they do local plays and things like that. Just just because. Yeah, it's very entertaining for the kids. So again, don't be scared by the, okay, you're going to have to wait two hours because there's plenty of entertainment for the kids. I, I mean, people are down there throwing footballs and frisbee and um, there's some snow cone areas. So after dinner, if you want to do that, watch a movie or uh, do a play. And then one of your favorite things that you think is cool are the Airstream food trucks. The, quote the Airstream <laughs> food trucks. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, when you think of food trucks, you, you think of, you know, your typical... Like box truck? Uh, yeah, yeah, your typical box box truck uh but no these things are the old school silver airstream trailers that they've set up as food trucks along this uh the side of the road there i mean really really neat and unique to that area i've never seen that before yeah i can't get that back home <laughs> or De most places <laughs> definitely don't i mean you probably could but Maybe. i haven't seen it back home yeah so i i mean i don't know the number right offhand just in that little vicinity of downtown seaside of how many restaurants there are but there again it's tacos and pizzas i think i saw like a burger barbecue place there's a place called Pickles um, that's really popular too. But um, so check that out. You can't miss it. It's right in the heart of downtown Seaside. Uh, tons of entertainment and food and shopping in there. Um, and then another place that our friends like is Whiskey Bravo. Whiskey Bravo, another great place to catch the sunset. Mm -hmm. uh, like, like we said earlier, we had some friends that were actually down in uh, the Seaside area the same time that we were last weekend. And we were, as we were at dinner with the family, we were getting uh, text messages from them. They were over on the patio mm -hmm. at Whiskey Bravo at a fire pit, cocktail in hand, catching the sunset. Yeah, they said that's one of their favorite places to catch the sunset. And they were actually staying down in Inlet Beach. So they drove um, down here to, or down here, like I'm still there. <laughs> 
I wish. I know. They drove down over to Whiskey Bravo and just said that is one of their favorite places to uh, watch the sunset. And um, now we haven't been there. I know our family went last year. Um, I believe I was working on a paper shocker, so we didn't go out. But they were like showing. Sounds the, about right. Yeah. But they were showing the Predators game. We're from Nashville. Um, as we said, big hockey fans, Nashville Predators, you know, they're, they're awesome. So Go Preds. Go Preds, always. Um, okay, so the next place I'd like to mention is Angelina's. Very cute little mom and pop atmosphere like we were talking about that we like. Yeah, uh, uh, just a small locally owned Italian restaurant right there. Pizzas, salad, pasta, you know, your typical, as Brian said, typical Italian. Now, when we were there this past summer, people were standing in line to get pizzas to go. I know. Um, so cool little pizza place. You know, if you are just wanting to stay uh, at your house or something, they do have the to go option to, you know, pick up some pizzas and stuff. And um, it was great. It's another place that the family always likes to go every time uh, we're down there. And then another uh, place they also just, I think our family ate there twice <laughs> in the quick weekend that we were there, but uh, Seagrove Village Market. Very cute little place. Um, we called in our lunch order and they have a little window on the side of the building. Uh, super friendly staff, so shout out to them. They were great. And then I know the other friends that were with us down here said that they went um, walking. They like to walk and run and bike and stuff. And they went in there and grabbed some food for breakfast and went down to the beach. Yeah, and you can actually sit down, I believe, in there yes, and eat uh -huh. as well. But if you do call in an order, you can just walk up to the window and pick it up like we did. Yeah, little uh, bell on the side to ring. But um, yeah, just keep that in mind. It is super close to the beach if you uh, did want to take your order and uh, go sit in the sand and enjoy a good lunch or breakfast. And we have not been there personally, but Cowgirl Kitchen is another place that my sister and brother-in-law um, and the kids just absolutely love. They rave about it. Apparently, their breakfast is really, really good, and they actually do have uh, two locations. There's one in Rosemary and one in Seagrove. Again, we have not been there, but I know that's a place that it's a uh, must-go for them when, when you're down there. So plenty of options for everybody. Uh, you know, just check out some different places. And with that, I think we've covered a lot of different things you can do while you're down in the area and definitely a ton of different food options. So I guess really the next thing to figure out, like I said before, the area is not very commercialized. So you don't have your big chain hotels like your Marriott's and your Hyatt's and your Hilton's and things like that. So the next step is figuring out where are you going to stay when you get there? You're definitely going to be looking more towards rental property. So that can be, you know, some houses. I think there's some condos available down there as well. So uh, we just recommend going on uh, VRBO. That's a website that has all uh, kind of rentals and stuff down there. And I think what I would um, hope people take away from this is that even though, you know, we've mentioned some specific areas like Seaside or uh, Grayton Beach or Rosemary, you can't go wrong down there. I mean, no, I mean, you can really get a map of 30A and throw a dart at it and, <laughs> right. and find a good place to stay. Right. I wouldn't mind staying in any of those places um, in that whole area, in that whole Panhandle area. Um, as we stated earlier, we went all the way down to Navarre and stayed and had a great time. Uh, just can't go wrong. So look on there. If you aren't familiar with it, uh, you know, just find a location that works for you because I think there are so many places that you can rent from that you're going to be able to find something that fits your budget uh, to fit your price point. Now, when we go down with our family in April, you know, we get a big group. That's obviously going to lower your cost. Um, but look at things that are important to you. I mean, do you 
need to be close enough to the beach where you can walk down there. You know, if you have a bunch of kids and you're lugging a bunch of stuff, you might want to be able to uh, be closely located to the house uh, because there are a lot of locations that are rentable, but you're going to need to, um, you know, have to use a golf cart or, well, or use a bike You can be, you know, across the street and a little further away where you need to be in a golf cart or you need to be on a bike or you do have to walk because there's really not a lot of places if, if you're going over to the beach in that area to park. Yeah, that's a very, very good point, actually. I mean, even with golf carts and cars and bikes and stuff, um, you're not... He's, he's right. There's going to be places that might not be close to the house that you rent, but that you're actually going to have to park your golf cart or something if you have there. There are quite a few more um, places where you can park your bike, but if you do have the golf cart, then you're going to have to look at that and see as far as um, that vicinity between the beach, the house, and the parking lot. Uh, so again, I also do recommend just look at the amenities that that location, um, wh whichever place that you're looking to rent from, uh, kind of see what kind of amenities they have. Again, if you're going to be far away from the beach, you know, do they offer a golf cart? Do they offer um, bikes? And that's something that I would recommend. If you're um, the place that you're staying, if they don't offer bikes already for you, rent some. It's there's, so yeah, much there's fun. a ton of different bike rental places down there and, and golf cart rental places. Yeah. I mean, you can get either or. And they're fun. And again, uh, those golf carts are street legal, so you can just take it to dinner. It's fun. It's nice and warm out there. And we bike a lot to uh, dinner as well. Uh, the, the place is just great with the, all the bike paths and everything. It's something that the kids would enjoy. It's something that we enjoy as adults. Uh, so do get some uh, bikes. And then also to... Uh, some of the rental places also have contracts with some um, rental chair companies that put chairs out on the beach. Now, not all of them do. So again, just be aware of that, you know, um, that's probably something that would be listed under the amenities, whichever property you're uh, looking at. So if that's something that they already have set up for you, that's one less thing you have to pack. And speaking, before we move on, speaking of the rental chair company, something that I learned, I think you knew already, but something that I learned while we were down there this weekend uh, a lot of the rental chair companies will actually allow you to uh, basically set up through them to do a bonfire on the oh, beach. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, <laughs> that, the, the rental chair companies, that they go through the process of getting the permit with the city, and then they bring out the chairs, they set up, set up a fire pit, bring everything for the s'mores, and they stay there with you the entire time to make sure, you know, the fire keeps going and they have all the supplies and make sure nothing gets out of hand. It is so neat, y'all. Um, we were we saw this being done last summer, and they even have, like, the tiki torches out there. Um, as Brian said, they supply all the food and everything for the s'mores. And did we get a price check on that? Yeah, the price check, I think your sister asked. And it was, it's around 400 bucks, and that includes the permit and all the chairs and all the supplies and, and with them staying there. Uh, we asked, I think, to get the permit through the city on your own is about 50 bucks, but then you still have to worry about mm -hmm. chairs and supplies and wood and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if you've got a big group, obviously, you know, 400 bucks for a small family, you know, that's kind of splurging to just have a bonfire on the beach. But if you've got a big group to pay 400 bucks and everybody chip in and you literally don't have to do anything but sit there on the beach and enjoy, it's a pretty good deal. That would be unbelievable. That would be a great opportunity to make some memories with your family and friends.
And with that, I think it's time to land the plane on episode 12. Oh, I can't believe it's been 12 episodes already. Episode 12 of Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Beyond. And we have some more traveling coming up over the next few months, so we're going to have some more things to talk about. And we've got quite a few guests lined up to come on and speak with us again. Yeah, looking forward to that. And um, just thank you for everybody that's taken the time to listen to the different episodes. Um, If you have any suggestions or topics that you would like to talk about or... For example, if you and your family vacation down in 38 and you also have some favorite spots, we would love to hear from you guys. So, Brian, tell them how people can get in touch with us. Uh, well, the easiest way, you can email us at boatsbeachesbarsandbeyond at gmail.com. Uh, as I stated before, we are on Instagram. Uh, our personal Instagram is at smoke in your eyes and that's s-m-o-k-n-y-r-e-y-z we do have an instagram for the show at boats beaches bars and beyond and also on facebook at boats beaches yeah so hit us up we'd love to hear from everybody yeah absolutely and as always thanks for listening to boats beaches bars and beyond